post loudness. Audio on the French. Check, check. So these mics are yeah, these mics are unidirectional, so make sure that you speak directly into the center of it. It's okay if your lips kind of brush across. I'm sorry. Whenever we have a new guest on the show, very rarely, and I mean very rarely, would we just take any emails that come in. But this particular email that we got a couple weeks ago was really, really interesting. It started off with, I love the show. I started a publication, and I started this publication because I wanted to create an inclusive space to talk. I've never seen a city so segregated. I wanted to change it, and creating a publication was the only way I knew how. Also, there was talk of Harold Chicken and Beyonce. So it was then that we had to meet this person behind this mysterious publication. Yeah, you would, that would be you, some great people to like know. Totally. Okay. This is the Open Ended Podcast, where two best friends discuss tech, culture, and a side of sass. I'm James T. Green, and I am finally happy the weather is breaking out enough where I no longer need to wear socks. And I'm sure Vincent, and I refuse to take off my sweater, so. <laughs> I honestly don't know why you do this. I it get, is, like, so warm out. Because <laughs> I'm an old-ass lady, and every time I hear, like, every time I feel like a wind blow, I'm like, ooh, it's chilly. Like, anytime it's a breeze, I'm, like, a little yeah. chilly, so. Brief aside, every single time we would always hang out, I would always wear my jacket because, in fact, I would be cold when humans are supposed to be cold. And you would always tell me, like, why are you not wearing another layer? And it's just like, get off me. I know. Well, like, it would be, like, 30 degrees outside with this little ass jacket. I'm like, oh, my God, don't where's your scarf? Like, I'm an old woman who's always like, cover your neck. So <laughs> um, that's where I am. <laughs> My name is Felton Kaiser, and I'm the creator of Off Kilter. He, they. In this episode, we had Felton Kaiser of the Off Kilter Mag join us. Yeah, this conversation, it was so delightful. So delightful. Mm -hmm, Just so full of optimism and, you know, moxie. Yeah, use moxie. I like moxie. Moxie's good. Yeah, yeah, it's spunk. I fill my time by curating people's stories. I do that by operating a print publication by the name of Off Kilter. Yeah, so what is Off Kilter? But no, um, Off Kilter started as a print publication. You know, I just knew that I wanted to do something. I knew that I wanted to do something. Didn't know what it was, but I wasn't really satisfied with just being a photographer you know I was just like okay you know love photography the love of my life I meet so many cool people you know they tell me a lot of stories in between shooting and that sort of thing and I just like to listen to people I guess I'm just like super nosy and I'm just like tell me things what are you doing how are you doing it like tell me your life you know <laughs> that's how you learn though no that is like I learned so much mm-hmm. and that's super interesting that you said like you're interested in telling people stories but like you're there by listening and as someone that has like a visual like method of telling these stories so like can you expand on that a little bit more about how like you want to tell people stories by listening but then you're taking their photos 
I guess like like when I meet somebody, you know, it's like nobody else knows what that interaction is like but me. So it's kind of just up to me to just like show that through this photo, you know, capturing that moment, right? right, Exactly. You know, it's like making sure that that I'm capturing that moment, but accurately, you know, Mm. because like you can take great photos of somebody, but that they probably they're probably not really great, you know, in that moment. So just like, I mean, just like having that power to just like, I guess like distribute the narrative, you know, it's like I'm telling the story. I kind of have the power, you know, it's like I'm deciding, you know, when to click, you know, like how they're looking when I'm shooting and that sort of thing. So just like having that power was like, I love it. Yeah, It's like, it's definitely a power thing. And that's why I enjoy photography so much. Mm Mm-hmm. It just gave me something to do, you know. It's like I, it stopped me from being insecure. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because like I started photography in high school, mm-hmm. and I was part of the yearbook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> right. That's awesome. So I was like a freshman, super shy. I was like so terribly shy. I remember when like my first assignment, I had to like take photos during homecoming game. Oh man! I waited like about twenty five minutes before I went went up to someone mm-hmm. to like take their photo because I was just terrified. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't look at people in the eye. I was just like looking away. Hey, can I take your photo <laughs> for the yearbook? And so, but but you know, like the more and more I started doing it, I was like, hey, I need to take your photo for the yearbook. Like, stop, stop moving, you know. But then around junior year in high school, I didn't have to ask people anymore. You know, people would find me. Oh wow! Like, hey, can you take my photo for the yearbook? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no. like, why? Why am I taking your photo? So yeah, um, it it was just like just having that power. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. I can do things now. But yeah, but and then by shooting people in high school, I just realized like that's the only thing that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I wasn't interested in landscape. You know, like product photography. I wanted to shoot people. I love that interaction with people. and But I did not know I love that interaction until I started photography. So as you notice, Felton does a lot of shit, right? Yeah, he does so much. He's a curator. He's an art director. But I think his biggest craft is photography. Yeah. And a lot of times it's so difficult, especially nowadays, when anyone could be a photographer to really stand out. Yeah, you have you have the cameras in your pockets. So, you know, I consider myself a professional photographer. I've done work for several publications, mostly in musical photography. So, um, it's interesting to see that term be used so freely. But, right. but you know, I also think that photography is such a beautiful medium to work in because it's for the people, and it's one of those. It's one of those arts that um, I feel is the most approachable and the most freeing. So Felton talks more about how he discovered that he was a photographer. Here's Felton again. A lot of it is just like doing what I just want to do, you know, just like being unapologetic about it, you know, just like and then and then shooting the people that I want to shoot, shooting the people that I want to see, you know, and then just just being me you know i know it's like super like basic but that's all that i do i'm like i like this Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna shoot this Mm -hmm. and that's just that and then but 
But because I'm just like, that's me all the way around, people can see that. And they're like, okay, no, he's actually like legit. And so it's like, I don't even go seeking people. They're like, oh, I saw that shoot that you did. I loved it. Like, I want, I want that. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to look like that. I want you to do that for me. But then sometimes I can't because it's not genuine. Mm. And I'm like, I can't force it. Because when I try to, you know, replicate something that I did with someone else, like it, it's not going to work because that was something that, you know, me and this person had, you know, it's like it was a moment that we had and I just like captured it like, oh, shit, no, and just, you know, and it's just, it just works. You know, a lot of the times, like I don't plan my shoots. It's like I'm not as extensive, as extensive as some photographers I know. I have like a general outline, like, okay, you know, I know that I want this person in these kind of looks, you know, like, so these are the looks that we're going to do. And I have a vague idea of like for location, but it's just, just walking around, filling the person out, you know, seeing, you know, what works and what doesn't work, but also just being aware of like the person's like their face and like their complexion, you know, like the skin tone, just like any like distinctions that they have in their face and that sort of thing. And just, just going from there. You know, this is right from your site. Off kilter is an intimate movement of artists, designers, and seekers of individual truth. It's a space where all bodies, ideas, and passes can find representation. Off-Kilter is a collection of difference fueled by forward thinking and an exploration of what it means to be a starving artist. A time and place to ask, what are we starving for? Mm. So what does that all mean to you? To me, it means home. You know, it's like, it means just going home. You know, like whatever home is for you, but just having that space where you can just be yourself unapologetic, you know, like without this unfiltered just raw like no judgment just like hey mom i'm home taking off my shoes you probably (laughs) smell like you know you love me anyway Mm. you know and like that's just like that's what off kilter is home i also just like the representation that we've we've checked out the site and i mean the cover of your uh first uh magazine is a muslim woman which is incredible and you know just because of everything that's going on right now Mm -hmm. that's such a statement so, like, I'm curious about, like, how did that even come about? Like, what's the story behind that photograph? The woman on the cover, mm-hmm. her name is um, Hoda Katebi. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an Iranian fashion blogger, and she's a student at the University of Chicago of Illinois. Mm-hmm. And so I just, like, randomly saw her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then so I was like, okay, who are you? Your photos are, like, cute as fuck. Like, <laughs> you're, you're cute as fuck. Like, what are you doing? Who are you? So I just, like, DM'd her. I'm like hey, can I shoot you? <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, sure, I love your work. I'm like, no, I love your work. And she was like, mm. so super excited. So we just like met like one day at like the High Park Art Center. I was like, okay, tell me a little bit about who you are. Like, what are you doing? That sort of thing. And then so she gave me her background. So I like took photos of her. I'm like, okay, this is super cute, you know. And then so I had um, my roommate um, like just like record that interaction Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we did it. And so we actually used it for like, you know, our promo video for Off Kilter. Mm-hmm. And so it was just super cute. And then, and so, yeah, and, you know, and then like me and Hoda started building a relationship. But it wasn't, I didn't even know that she was going to be the cover mm-hmm. until like the book was like almost done. You know, like once I had all the other stories and I was, because what was for, the decision making on that regard then? So for a while, I was like, I'm not doing a cover. 
I was like, you know, I'm not going to do a photo of anyone on the book, you know, Mm because it's not just about this one person, you know, like, I'm not not interested. It's going to be colors, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be solid color for every issue, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to be all cute and minimalist and all that stuff. (laughs) But yeah, so, and then it just, it just happened. It just like randomly happened. And I was thinking, okay, actually I'm doing a cover and I want Hoda, you know, I was just like playing around with the, like the images I took of her Mm -hmm. and I was just like these images are beautiful you know and then it just it just happened there was like no real planning it was just like i'm gonna do a cover and hoda's gonna be on it just yeah (laughs) and then so i shot her wasn't into the photos that i shot Mm -hmm. then i had you know um my roommate caleb shoot her i was like there's something still missing and then so we got together like caleb and i and we shot hoda so it took us three times to get that shot. Three times to try him. And we got it. Mm-hmm. And It's a lovely picture. Oh, he... It's such a good picture. It's so good. Like, I'm yeah. like, Caleb, you are amazing. <laughs> so good. As you've gotten to know Felton, you see how much he thoroughly enjoys photography and every single aspect of it. But after our quick word from our sponsors, we're going to go a little bit even deeper talking about when he did discover his blackness and all the different sides of how Chicago has shaped his life and shares. But real quickly, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Open Ended Podcast is sponsored by Warby Parker. For listeners to the Open Ended Podcast, Warby Parker is offering a free five-day home try-on to give you the opportunity to check out their classes. To do so, go to warbyparkertrial.com slash postloudness to let us know that you came from us. Again, that is warbyparkertrial.com slash postloudness for your free five-day home try-on. This episode of Open Ended is sponsored by Active Campaign. Active Campaign is a one-stop marketing and sales platform for businesses of all sizes crafted right here in Chicago. Active Campaign helps businesses grow bigger, faster with email marketing and marketing automation. You can do a shit ton of things with this, including creating sophisticated automated follow-up, sending emails triggered by behavior, and sending personalized campaigns that treat contacts as unique people. How about that? And if you are super interested in Active Campaign, they are hiring. It is right up here in Chicago. They're hiring for customer success, design, development, and marketing and sales and support positions. So if you are interested in advancing your career and you want to work for a fast-growing Chicagoland tech company, I mean, why wouldn't you? You should take a look at their open positions at activecampaign.com slash about. With competitive salary and benefits like delicious crafted and catered lunches, paid transportation, amazing insurance, 401k matching, you can't pass this opportunity up. I mean, come on, guys. This is aching to be clipped on. Once more, check out activecampaign.com slash about to apply. And thank you again for Active Campaign for supporting open-ended and post-soundness. This is the open-ended podcast. And as we left off, we talked a little bit about Felton and his photography practice and how he tries to set himself apart. But as we mentioned earlier, 
as always, there's a point when you learn a little bit more about yourself. Here's host, Cher Vincent. It's interesting when you discover your blackness in a white space. It's it's one of those things that, you know, you have always been aware of, but you haven't been awake to it. It's one of those things that you, you've always been aware of it, you know. But the moment when it's crystallized is you know, such a catalyst to whatever comes after. And for Felton, it was a moment that happened to a lot of black people as well. Honestly, like what really like that, that wake up call for me was, I want to say Trayvon Martin, you know, when that happened, I realized I'm like, wait, like, okay, wait. Okay. So they're like, wait, you know, I was just like, okay, wait, what's happening? You know, mm-hmm. like, to, I was like, it's like, so I always knew I was black. You know, like, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I looked at myself every day. Like, I knew. You right? woke up like this. That's it, or... No, literally, you know, like, just like blessed with all this melanin, okay? Like, just lit, okay? Yes. But, like, I've been in a lot of, like, non-black settings mm-hmm. as far as, like, my professional career, as far as art in general. Like, I started the whole art thing at... 13 at the Hot Park Art Center doing ceramics with middle-aged white women, you know? <laughs> so it was like, I was just there, you know? I was there just doing my thing, you know? We were here for ceramics, you know? Nothing else mattered. Right. But, like, when Trayvon Martin happened, I, I was like, okay, wait. You know, like, people, when, when some people look at me, all they see is the color of my skin, yeah. you know? And that's it. And so I, like, woke up in that moment, and I was just like... I need to start being more aware of that, you know, that there are people who are just going to look at me and just just say no, just because of how I look. Yeah. And so I'm just like, this is a lot of what the fashion industry is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about the appearance. Yeah. And so I was just like, I need to do something else. Like, I need to do something more because it, it's not fair. You know, it's like it's not fair at all because I've met so many talented people i know so many talented people that probably would not look like the quote-unquote standard you know and i'm just like oh no nope like no this is not cool you know what can i do now then it was like me like okay like what would my mother do you know (laughs) and she would just feel like you know what if i'm going up we're all going up you know you mentioned a little bit earlier on about you know this idea of like the starving artist and you actually asked the question in your mission statement what does it mean to be a starving artist so how is your personal relationship with uh commerce and and capitalism especially in the field of photography in the field of like you know you're selling off kilter um so like what is your meaning as a starving artist and like where does that go so, like, when I think of a starving artist, like, I'm not thinking about, like, um, monetary values. And it's more so just, like, a a place or even just, like, you know, a standard. You know, like, like what am I working for? You know, like, what, what am I, like, busting my chops for? You know, it's like, why am I even, like, doing this? Why do I have three jobs and then, you know, do all of my creative things? Like, at the end of the day, like, what am I fighting for? And so, like, that's why, like, that question was there. You know, like, honestly, it's like, why are we doing this? You know, like, what's the greater cause? But then just thinking about the whole, like, you know, capitalism as the, you know, 
it's very real you know it's a mm-hmm. thing and so it was also just like and then when we were thinking about like okay how are we going to price this you know like you know are we selling it is are we doing it for free like you're like what are we doing with this and so that's why so we decided that because just like how much it costs to print you know because you know printing is so expensive so expensive but we're just like we also want to give people like who funds are not you know tight you know an yeah, opportunity we we i mean right you know people have to pay rent people rent have, on the first i mean hello you know listen <laughs> and, and then you have sally may at your door you know <laughs> <laughs> like she's there first of the month ready you know ready. as soon as you get the check she's like hey hey Can girl you phone call? Like, right hey. you know and so we're just like, okay like how can we like you know, provide like something of quality, but not that's going to break everybody's pockets. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what we do is like, you know, like when we release an issue for the first three weeks, it's like fifteen bucks, and then after that, it goes, you know, to nineteen dollars and that sort of thing. So it's like having like, hey, you know, you can also have this thing, and that sort of just figuring out ways, like, hey, you know, and even with you know, um, just like my own personal, you know, like. Because I am a photographer, you know, and so just like, hey, you know, you want me to do something for you, you know, okay, I need to do something for me. So the whole bar to set some like, listen, I know we all out here, you know, trying to make money, you know, trying to like pay our bills and stuff. But, you know, we can figure it out. Just like, okay, listen, I need help with this and you need my photography services. So you help me, I'll help you and no money involved, you know, but just. Just trying to figure it out, you know, just right. always open to figuring it out. Because I'm not just trying to, I'm not trying to, like, take people's money. You know, it's like, that's, that's not what I'm into. It's like, if I could just do this, if I had a trust fund, <laughs> our filter would be <laughs> free. only. Right, like, Ugh. it would just be, like, so free, like, mm. so free. Well, because <laughs> I don't have a trust fund, and then it's like, I am, like, bankrolling it. I'm like, okay, like, and then so, like, my margins aren't even high at all. I wish, but you know, but I also want to give people quality. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, it. I'm like, as long as I can just break even, that's all. That's all I'm really asking for. That's it. So I grew up in Chicago um, <laughs> for most of my life. I've lived all over the city, north side, east side, south side, west side, and I've seen where diversity works, and I've seen where it hasn't worked to a fault. And it's interesting because the city has so much cultural potential yet it's not really tapped into it. It's only scratching the surface. And during our conversation, we talked about how all these avenues of Chicago have rarely intersect. So it was because of Chicago why I was like, okay, when I do this, I want it to be inclusive. You know, because of how segregated Chicago is. Because I know I have like five different friend, friend groups that never interacted with one another if you know they should yeah they need to you know (laughs) and i'm just like okay so how can i just like basically play a matchmaker you know (laughs) with everybody yeah people have to talk about themselves and people have to read about their friends so let me just you know do a publication and just feature all these different types of people and just having i mean just think about gumbo you know, it's like so my family's from Louisiana, so we had a lot of gumbo growing up. But I mean, like it, like gumbo just started because it was the end of the month. You know, people's like trying to piece some scraps together. They just started throwing stuff into a pot. You know, 
just making a deal and just making this like beautiful masterpiece which is gumbo and that's kind of how i wanted to be you know just like taking people from everywhere doing different things and just curating it in a way that works you know but having you know something for everybody in the mix of all of that and so yes like and because chicago is so segregated and so i'm just like hey they're all going to come together for off kilter and when we had our like um our launch event that's what happened like we had so we held the launch event in wicker park but we did not just have wicker park residents there all of my friends from pilsen came my friends from the south side from the suburbs I, I, i even had a friend from new york come and you know just like having like but they were all just there Mm-hmm. because of off culture i'm just like this is this is beautiful you know this is like, what i wanted no right, right i'm like <laughs> oh my god it's working like oh my god it's working mm. and so yeah and so that's and that's like a mission that like like all of my team share you know because and that's how i built my team you know but it but i did not have to force it you know because that's just who i am in general because i because i exist in all of these all of these different spaces it's just easy, you know, for me to just like, hey, I need someone who does this, you know. And so, hey, hey, I do that. I want to help out. And I'm like, I need someone who does this. Like, oh, hey, I do that too, you know. And it just all come together, you know. But they don't all look the same. They all don't think the same. They all don't even like the same thing. And that's okay with me because, I mean, that's how, I mean, one conversation happens, you know. And that's how we definitely have, like, something different you know so it's not all the same thing because i like certain things and i'm aware of that and i'm so okay with that and i don't need to like everything but i feel like people are like oh no but you, but you do and i'm like no you don't like you can have you know like you can like what you like and that's totally fine but just don't like you know like trash something that you don't like just say oh hey you know that's cool not really for me but you know let's do it if this is what you want to do let's do it you know, but also just making sure that you're not like trashing other people in the process or other people's ideas because that's that's like okay, that's not cool. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't like green peas. I don't. I never oh, did. Neither. You know. But if I'm like ordering food for everybody, I'm not gonna be like, well, I'm not ordering green peas because I don't like them. But my friend does. I'm like, no, like, that's just petty. That is so petty. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm not doing this. So you know what? I'm going to order my green beans and your green peas, okay? And we're just going to, you know. Figure it out. Right, you know. It's like, I, I won't eat yours. You don't eat mine. So we're good, you know. And we could just chill, you know. But we could talk about other things that we do like, you know. Yeah. Like Beyonce, you know. Yes. We could talk about that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Inclusion is the word. It is, yeah. you know. But then just like. I feel like a lot of people fail because they try to force it. Yeah. Like, sure. oh, oh no, like, you know, we need to meet our diversity quota. So, you know, let's just go like try to find somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when that person gets there, I mean, it's a great opportunity. You know, they have health benefits, they have a job. They're like, oh, yes, I'm going to do it. But when they get there, they hate it, you know, because they're probably like one of 200, yeah. maybe like five or 200, okay? Yeah. And so they, they just all hate their jobs and then. It's just not good. Yeah. So how do you feel like you balanced that line then with um, off kilter, for instance, because you did say that you want it to be a space for all bodies, ideas and passions. But then, you know, you said you don't want it to feel like you're meeting a diversity quota. 
So how do you make yourself stand out in that type of way? It's my team, you know, because like, because I have a spec wide spectrum of like, you know, team, you know, it's like, you know, for example, my roommate, Caleb, he's like a heterosexual cis white male, right? Super chill, super down. Now my digital editor, Sal, she's like, you know, um, a black queer woman, you know, super chill, super down. My, you know, um, copy editor, Bianca, she's an Afro-Latino from the suburbs of Arizona, but she lives in Chicago now. She's also, you know, heterosexual, cis, you know, but super chill, super down. And we just all work, you know? So, I mean, like, we, you know, like our different things, you know, we prefer some people over the other, but, as you know, but we're okay with that. We respect one another's opinions and that sort of thing. And, I mean, it just happens, you know? It's like, it's, like, I don't there's no formula that I had for, you know, just like it happens, you know, and then we are all aware that like, that's our mission, you know, to just have us, you know, something for everyone and just like, Hey, even though I probably don't like that, but you do, there's probably other people who do like that. So let's do it. You know, let's just make sure, you know, we're doing it right. You know, that, you know, we're keeping up with these standards that we're not just like half assing anything, you know, just because we feel like, Oh, you know, we need to have this one piece, you know, no you know it's like if we're not if it's not good we're not gonna do it well that was beautiful thank you so much for sharing that story but i think really what matters is just inclusion for all you know regardless of perspectives of you know actual medians of work that you um, create or curate you know you know, every, every voice matters. So thank you so much for sharing your story. And uh, for listeners at home who have now fallen in love with you, how do they find you on the interwebs? Yeah, so on the interwebs, um, <laughs> my personal account, you can just follow me at Felton Kaiser. That's F-E-L-T-O-N-K-I-Z-E-R on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. I think I still use the Tumblr. <laughs> Or even just like feltonkaiser.com. Head on over to um, offkiltermag.com. So O-F-F-K-I-L-T-E-R-M-A-G.com. And then on social media, it's just offkiltermag. Hey, Cher. Hey. You know what time it is? It is open call time. It's open call time. Open call. It is open call time. So if you are unfamiliar with Open Call, so Open Call is where we share week to week what it is that we're feeling. It can be a variety of anything from a conceptual thing to something tangible. You know what? I'm feeling my haircut. Yes. And I was just like this transformation. So I really want to send. I'm really feeling barbers and hairdressers and. They are like low key our therapists. No, they right. are. They are the real MVP. They are like, so good. They hear you, so much of my like struggle. Like, like yes, like, you don't understand. And they make you beautiful. Like they give so you so much confidence. Beautiful. Literally, after I got out the barber chair, I'm just like, who gonna check me? Like I was like, <laughs> I was lit, ready. I was just like, Let's what's go. up? I was Let's like, go. I'm ready. You know, I'm just like, you know, like. 
I'm like, listen, you try this shit again, you're going to lose your wife, you know, because I'm fine right now. I am I am good, okay? I am like, hello. Oh, my god! Right. So, shout out to Barbara's yes. and hairdressers. Yes. I love you all. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for, like, just being awesome and just, like, being there and, like, mm-hmm. making me look pretty. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah, because, like, honestly, like, no matter how much we try, when we try to line up ourselves, it always does not turn out Oh, I've never even tried because I already know. Yeah. I've never tried. I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. Let me not even do this to myself. <laughs> Let me let a professional Something you got to live with for a yeah. while. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gotta face your mistakes every morning. Like, I can't. So what about you, Sarah? What do you feel? Oh, man. So uh, we were on a bit of a music tangent. So uh, there's two albums that came out this week or, well, two bands that are releasing music. They haven't released music in a really, really, really long time. The first one is this 1960s band called The Monkees. If you don't know what The Monkees are, they're kind of like the One Direction of their time. (laughs) I'll explain. I'll explain. (laughs) So The Monkees, they were this 1960s um, rock band group, kind of the answer to the Beach Boys and the Beatles. They were um, manufactured by TV execs, and um, they uh, were they had two seasons, and they didn't play their own music. They had like studio musicians doing their own thing. They sang the songs, but they didn't play their own instruments. And then they got super, super popular. So popular, they outsold the Beatles, they outsold the Beach Boys. And people were like, we need them to tour. We want to see them live. So then they actually had to play their own musicians, um, own instruments. And they were actually musicians in their own right. They just didn't play the instruments on the show. And then they went on tour, proceeded to make you know a couple of movies, proceeded to make a bunch of other albums. And this is their first album. It's called Good Times. First album in 20 years. And it's so, so good. Some of the songs on the new album is some of their best work they've put out, I think, ever. Really, really fantastic. Um, they even dug up a um, an old unreleased song from Davy Jones. Davy Jones had passed away in 2011, and um, the rest of the band, their four members originally, um, Michael Nesbitt, Mickey Nolans, Peter York, and then Davy Jones, who passed away. So the three members, original members, are now touring with another bigger band, and it's still super good. I'm here for it. Very, very fun music. Um, if you like surf rock or just like um, rock music in general, that's fun, peppy. That's not as introspective as the Beatles or Beach Boys. Go for it. Listen to it. And um, other album is The Avalanches Are Back. <laughs> They're back. I'm so excited. They put out one album in twenty in 2000 called Since I, Since I Left You. There's a, they're an Australian collective, and they're famous for using, I think, 3,500 different samples on their entire album. Like, the entire album is just samples, but the way they, like, crafted it is just, like, this really beautiful beast of a, an album. It's so good. And they finally put out, um, they're finally putting a new album out. It's been a really long time. They just played this weekend in Barcelona for the Primavera Music Festival out there, one of their first performances in a really long time, and they put out their first single with Danny Brown on it called Frank Sinatra, and it's good as fuck. So I'm going to keep up with the hair thing. Felton brought up and uh, having a greased scalp is my shout out. (laughs) So listen, listen, you just like like a haircut, like just how I feel when I get a lineup. 
that I feel like on top of the world, when my scalp is all greased up and just like feels real hydrated, I feel like I'm on the top of the world. So it's been a really busy week last week, just with so much stuff that's been happening. And unfortunately, I wasn't taking as enough good hair, good care, good care of my hair as I should have. (laughs) Self-care. And let's just say by the time Saturday morning hit, my scalp was dry. My scalp was so dry. Aww. And I didn't even realize it until our favorite peach emoji of the show, Sine <laughs> Rosen, told me that my scalp was mad dry. <laughs> dry to the point where she took a photo of it and it looked like it was snowing up in my scalp. Oh, shit. And I was like, damn. So she did me the best favor. And as like a true boo does, she was like, don't worry. I will oil your scalp for you. Can I oil your scalp? Come on in oil. <laughs> Yo, scalp. <laughs> and literally by the end of that, like I, I gave myself like a deep wash mm, and nice. got my scalp all oiled out and my head felt so good. Like my scalp was just like, mm. I felt so good about life. So I'm trying to make a better choice of self-care, mm-hmm. make sure my scalp is always oiled and it just feels really nice. Like you just feel like, oh, it's like a, it's like a massage for your head. I'm here for it. <laughs> So we want to give a special shout out to the Chicago Podcast Co-op for letting us be a part of their network. Um, I really think you would love Random Conversations by Elizabeth if you enjoy this show. So share. Do you want to tell me about Random Conversations? Sure. You can learn, be entertained, and live vicariously through the lives of other people at Random Conversations with Elizabeth here at the CPC. And also want to give a special thanks to this week's sponsors, Warby Parker. Make sure to check out warbyparkertrial.com slash loudness to get your free five-day home try-on. That lets us know that you came from us. And also Active Campaign. If you're looking for a job, hit up activecampaign.com slash about. They are hiring for a ton, a ton of positions out here in Chicago. We also want to give a special thanks to Cards Against Humanity for letting us use their space. Thanks, Cards. And this week's episode was produced by myself with editorial oversight by Cher Vincent. And who did the music? U plus one F six zero C, which is the Unicode for the blissed out emoji, and it's James' musical side project. As always, you can rate us on iTunes and let people know that you enjoyed this show. Five stars only. Only five stars. We don't take that petty shit. We don't take that petty shit. And you can also recommend us on Overcast. Hit that little star there as well. And you can find us on Stitcher. We want to be the noodle in your thread. And last but not least, you can donate and become a member. How can you do that, Cher? You can head over to openedit.fm slash donate where you can um, give us a one-time donation or multiple depending on how you feel or you can go to patreon.com slash open-ended where you can start at one dollar a month and become a member and uh yeah we will hopefully have some real cool incentives coming soon hopefully by late summer early fall we'll actually have some real incentives over there so get on it to jump on that bandwagon you can also head over to our open up segment where we will hopefully have that not next week, but the following week we might have an open up segment where we can uh, answer your questions. You can go over to our ask call at ask.fm slash open ended. And you can also use the hashtag ask open ended on Twitter. So we do have a guest next week mm-hmm. again, which is super exciting. Yeah. It is Maya Goldberg Safir and Maya's dope. 
probably more than likely than not, we're going to be talking about a lot of insider shit because yeah. Maya also works in radio. Yes. Uh, so be prepared for a conversation about the wild world of podcasting, radio, and just like a bunch of other fun shit. Also, Maya's dope as hell. She's the best. So yeah. super excited to have her on. Yeah. So as we say at the end of every week. Hey, mom, I'm home taking off my shoes. My feet probably smell, but you know, you love me anyway. Keep things open-ended. This has been a production of Post Loudness. Post Loudness is a collective of audio shows hosted by people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts. You can find out more about Post Loudness and its shows at postloudness.com.